To The Point is your source for bite-sized education commentary on the important issues impacting education today. I can promise you, your hosts won't always agree on the solutions, but their conversation adds unique insight to the national dialogue. When you need education policy analysis without the fluff, get to the point. Welcome to To The Point. I am your co-host, Doug Meskar with the Stratagos Group, my co-host, Jim Horn, my partner at Stratagos, and we are coming to you today from Atlanta, Georgia, at the Excel and Ed Conference, Governor Bush's conference that he's been holding for a number of years, and we are joined today by Senator Kaladiud. Did I get that right? That was perfect. Whew. Made it. All right. Well, that was very to the point. I love that. That's the title of our podcast. And so we are going to jump right in. And Jim, you pointed this out to me. The conversation at this year's conference is about parental choice. We've usually talked about it as school choice or even educational choice, but the shift in language matters. And so clearly, Florida, you're a part of this, has been very active on parental choice last year with HB1. So, Senator... Tell us about your involvement with HB1, and then eventually we'd also like to hear about what's coming next after that. But HB1 was a pretty seismic shift. Florida is once again the leader. Maybe they weren't for a brief period of time. Maybe, Jim. I don't know, but they are clearly now. So let's dive in. How is parental choice going in Florida? Tell us a little bit about your involvement, and then let's go from there. So please, welcome in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, parental choice in Florida is our driving focus. This is our North Star, so in every respect. And so school choice has been guided through this last session to, I think, the place most states want to get to. Most school choice, parental choice advocates dream about, and we have universal. So we've ascended past only our 400% federal poverty level to true opportunity for every single student in the state. Uh, to be able to access some type of scholarship account or voucher. And we had special priority this last legislative session, a special session a week ago, to increase caps for students with unique abilities or students with disabilities. Um, That's been a driving force for me to make sure that those children are encompassed and there's not one wait list, not one child sitting waiting for services. What we've done in Florida has been generational. And when I was a kindergartner, the first school choice policy was being moved forward. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a journey. You know, and for someone like me, who's obviously um, older and have been through part of this process, it's exciting to see these next evolutionary steps. You know, these are things that, quite frankly, 25 years ago, we maybe dreamed of, but never thought we would see the day that we would go universal with it. You know, one of the things I thought was very interesting yesterday morning when Governor Bush uh, was the keynote, um, he he talked, like you mentioned, Doug, more parental choice, um, sort of moving away from the traditional view of a few flavors like vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry, you know, like public schools, private schools, charter schools, and started talking more broadly, kind of like almost like Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors, like there's all kinds of new flavors and combinations uh, with microgrids and pods and, and 
even talked about students taking a couple classes from one school and taking some from another. But he starts on a true consumer choice, parent choice. But he did throw down a little bit of a caution. Um, and I heard it really loud and clear for someone like me who listens to some of the nuances. And he said, there still is a, a, a potential problem, and that is the capacity in private schools. He said, there's not enough seats. And I've heard that there's maybe 10% capacity in private schools, additional capacity. Um, therefore, that the HB1, it may take years before we see the full benefits of it where more private schools create more space so parents can really exercise that choice. Have you, did you hear that? And what, what are your thoughts on that? It's completely accurate. And I know this because of the private schools that I've visited uh, before this legislative session. And they told me that exact thing. And, and we know that even in increasing their capacity, that's in short term, trailers, um, recruiting teachers is challenging. Um, particularly, you know, particularly in one of the highest cost states in the union. Um, he's absolutely correct. I think that, though, it broaches the question of the spectrum of choice. And so now that we have moved forward the ball in providing parents uh, education savings accounts and we're offering this really flexible way to spend these funds, how are we empowering the entire ecosystem of choice and how are we letting parents um, understand all of the high quality options they have to give their kid exactly what they need? So I wanted to touch on that, actually. So one, with going universal, how do we look at the question of more informed parents who may understand how to navigate the choices better? I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying they may be in a better position to take advantage of the opportunity. How do they, Jim, not fill up the capacity for other students, other families who may not be as savvy about how this works? So that's question one. I'm going to throw a second one at you because I know you can handle it. And then how do you start? I mean, Florida is known for accountability, Jim. So when we think about quality within this ecosystem of choice, what does that look like and what is the role, if any, between sort of making sure that these choices maybe meet some minimum level of quality, dare I say, that may be too input driven, or is it completely on the parents to decide what works best for them and their families? So two-part question, sorry. I think, I think Governor Bush said it perfectly in his opening for the National Summit. We need to empower informed decision-making for our parents. Choice is only as powerful as the information behind it, right? And so in a panel earlier, uh, earlier yesterday, we were talking about what are actually some of those items that parents look for when they're thinking about education for their child. I can tell you in Florida, school safety after Marjorie Stoneman Douglas has become a top priority in the public, traditional public and public charter system. There's not been uh, a focus within our, our private, our supporting our private schools in the same way, although there are hardening funds and security funds. It's not the same. Would it be important for the legislature to engage with private schools, to provide them more information, more expertise, more support, and then to share with parents what can they expect from different private schools? How are they engaging with school safety? What is their baseline? I think that's a in addition to the quality of 
of the student outcomes and student performance and finding what they're already responsible for a, a norm reference assessment, right? But they're not teaching to Florida best standards. So it's, it's not necessarily apples to oranges, right? And parents choose based on what they feel mission aligned to. I went to a Southern Baptist private school, uh, sixth grade to 12th grade, um, and it was a very conservative environment. And so I, I did great there. I took five years of math, five years of science. Um, I really appreciated those small classroom environments, but my parents made those choices intentionally. So what would have given them greater security in those choices? I feel like we have to sit back and talk to parents. What do you want to know? In addition to what you know that's already getting you to vote with your feet. Yeah, parents, I think, can be really good um, consumers. I think, you know, but you've got to arm them with the information. Right. And I, I did remember the other part of, of a warning that came from Governor Bush yesterday morning was that, you know, you can't just have a website that lists the private schools and maybe how many seats are available. And he said he, he was a little bit critical of kind of where we are. And I think he's pointing to Florida about how the the portals and the amount of information that's up there, you've got to provide parents with more information and parents can actually make very informed decisions, will make informed decisions. Parents will buy into this, but we've got to, you know, but this is all new, you know, it takes time, right? I mean, I know there's even times with some problems with issues of flow of the money and they've got to kind of sort through that and fix that. These are big you know, I think Governor Bush called them BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals, right? And so these are major shifts. I think you said it was a seismic shift. And uh, so it takes a little time to kind of work out some of the kinks, I think, a little bit. And I think we'll get there. Well, and, and let's get to the point then to, to wrap up. So one, I'll say we're probably the world's greatest consumer country, culture, economy, I think we know how to make choices in this country. So putting faith in our ability to discern the right choices for ourselves seems like a, a good bet, ultimately, to trust parents. Um, but secondly, to that point of this is a new choice for parents. It's not something a lot of parents have ever really thought about, let alone exercised and had money to pursue. So when you think 20 years from now, HB1 is 20 years old, um, both what do you expect we'll see in 20 years if you can just put your futurist cap on and what other things may be coming, coming along as a result of HB1 that has implications for the broader system? Sure. So I, I think immediately, I think immediately I think about these systems will mature. All of the infrastructure, all the payment systems, all the hiccups will mature into something that all parents of any ethnic group, racial group, income level will learn how to how to use. And we know in Florida that um, that this is not a Republican Democrat issue. That families just are completely bought in. I think we'll see a familiarity um, in every type of community across the state of Florida to leverage the resources provided by the educational uh, scholarship accounts because of HB one. We'll we'll walk into that. I think long term. I and I, th I think a lot of uh, education champions think this isn't this isn't completely universal yet, and that's because in Florida we have a birth twenty system. We're starting at K here, and I think we need to have real conversations about statewide investments, not just in Florida but around the country in early childhood education, and 
we need to be as concerted, as focused as we are in our K through three and literacy attainment by the end of third grade, starting that at birth and creating the investment strategies to do that. Similarly, we have the federal school readiness program that invests $10,000 if you fall under a certain income group. Every child should have high quality early childhood education, and that will change the game for student outcomes and student performance when they do enter our K through 12 system, whether that's private, public charter, or public traditional. You know, that that is a great, great point. Uh, I heard a statistic the other day that I'd never heard before that kind of blew me away that said that children who, when they start kindergarten, you could have a student in there that has a vocabulary of 300 words sitting next to a student has a vocabulary already of 3,000 words, and that that discrepancy will grow. It will not close down, and that if we invest in early literacy to try to make that student who had 300-word vocabulary have one that's near 3,000, that will be success. And so I'm glad that you're talking about that because that is, I think, to the point, Doug, that's where we need to go. Fancy that. Well, Senator Claudiude, thank you. You were very to the point, even if Jim wasn't always. And it was a pleasure to have you on today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. What a joy. Thank you. To the Point is your source for bite-sized education commentary on the important issues impacting education today. I can promise you, your hosts won't always agree on the solutions, but their conversation adds unique insight to the national dialogue. Jim Horn is a strategist partner and former Florida Education Commissioner serving under Governor Jeb Bush. Doug Messicar is a strategist partner and a former teacher. He's also served as a senior ed tech executive and a U.S. Department of Education Deputy Chief of Staff. This episode is powered by Strategist Group, a national education management consultancy. To learn more, visit www.strategistgroup.com and follow us on LinkedIn. When you need education policy analysis without the fluff, get to the point.